0: Uh, welcome to this uh, meditations on love. Uh, really excited to have all of you here, and uh, for those who are watching on YouTube and uh, the podcast, welcome as well. Uh, really excited to uh, see and to hear what God is going to do in your lives. Okay, uh, we I, I chose an interesting passage for us to meditate on, which is um, Genesis chapter two verse 20 to 25 okay genesis 2 20 to 25 is is about how the lord uh made man and woman. okay uh and i want to start a little bit uh and give a little bit of introduction first there will be a time where i will um get us to literally uh, just meditate on a passage Uh, i won't teach much about it I'll just share my revelation about it, I will just share my own meditation about it. But uh for now, for these few sessions, I would love to just teach um in order to form a little bit of foundation. Now, one of the things uh I was just talking to Faith uh right now, uh just now, is we when I was growing up 20, 20, 30 years in church. Uh, There are two important messages that I kind of never really heard preached in my church. And number one will be the Father Heart of God. And the second one will be us, the body of Christ, as a bride of Christ. Okay, And our relationship to Jesus as bride and bridegroom. And... Um, that has been really lacking uh so when I grew up uh in in um, in church without those understanding it kind of affected my relationship with God and affected my uh level of intimacy with God as well so um we are actually gonna touch on these two identities now the church the body of Christ um or church, the believers in Christ, they are they, haven't, they are given various identities in the Bible. Okay. Uh, we are known as body of Christ. We are known as soldiers in God's army, uh, temple of the Holy Spirit, servants of God, royal priesthood, holy nation, house of prayer for all nations. And so we have given many different identities in the Bible and each one highlights certain uh, assignments sometimes. Um, uh, but there are two identities, these two identities as sons of God and the bride of Christ uh, is kind of highlighted a bit more than the others, especially in the end times. Okay, and these two identities are relational identities. That means when we say we are sons of God, we are, we are saying um, it is an emphasis of a relationship with Father. With Father God, who is love, okay. And when we, when you say you're bride of Christ, there is an emphasis. Is a relational uh, identity. Is in relationship with Christ, who is our bridegroom. Okay, so when we study a relational identity, sons or daughters, uh sons, uh, sons of God and bride of Christ, when we study into these. Uh, relational identity, you need to study into God's emotions to be a student of his emotions. okay uh, so to know um, to know God fully as Father, you need to have a heart understanding of how He feels towards us in that in that relationship and the experience of that emotion. Um, So for example, Jesus gives a very pictorial description um, through the parable of the lost son. The way that he describes it, the way that he tells that story, is to invoke an emotion, is to describe to us, you know, when the father comes running and. Kissing the the son all over, and you know, putting the the robe on him, the ring on him, and and all that. That's to that's for us as readers of the, the the
1: the Bible to catch, to learn, to be a student of God's emotion. Have you ever prayed that? Have you ever prayed, God? I want to be a student.
0: I want to be a learner of your emotions. I want to tune into that. I want to learn your heart. I want to learn about what it means when God grieves. I want to learn what it means when God is angry. What it means that He's slow to anger, He's abounding in in grace, in love, in faithfulness, in kindness. What does it mean when Jesus is moved with compassion? Lord, I want to be a student of your emotions and um, so how how we feel about God is important and how God feels about us is 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 also really really important okay and hopefully now study of God's passionate I- emotion toward us it invokes within us a passionate love for him so the uh, the, the first kind of identity that we, um, that I mentioned, sons of God, uh, I'm just going to quickly just mention one verse, okay? Romans 8.19 says, For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. That means all of creation, ever since it's the fall of man, all of creation is eagerly waiting, excitedly waiting longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Now, heaven eventually will reveal who the true sons are. Like the wheat that is separated from the tares, the goats that are separated from the sheep, the ones who are going to church but actually have no relationship with God. Eventually, God will reveal. There will be a revealing of the sons of God. Okay? But it also means, even as we are coming into to the end times, to, to Christ coming again, the true sons of God will come into uh, a greater understanding, a deeper revelation of their sonship. They will, they will not just theologically understand what sonship means, but they will daily experience the reality of it the power, the authority, the inheritance, and all of it. And so basically to know and to live as a beloved son, that's spiritual growth, that's spiritual maturity. So if you're asking, uh, you know, Kenny, what does spiritual growth and spiritual maturity look like? It looks like you and me, living in righteousness peace and joy of the holy spirit as a son of god okay how does spiritual growth look like how does spiritual maturity looks like righteousness in your life peace in your life joy in your life um flowing with the holy spirit as a son of god okay now uh There's lots I will talk about it, and we will probably pick passages about it uh, in another time. But I want to touch very much on this Bride of Christ. Believers as a Bride of Christ. And for the next few sessions, uh, I want to talk to us about that. Uh, In 2 Corinthians 11.2, Paul says this, For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. Okay? So Paul was preparing the church like a pure virgin bride for the divine bridegroom, Jesus Christ. So tell yourself, tell yourself, you are a divine bride. You are a divine bride. Whether you are Male female, come on, like <laughs> you are divine bride, just as actually the uh the Bible does talk about uh even ladies as the sons of God, because it's not uh at, at this point uh referring to the the sexual identity, but it's referring to your inheritance, your um authority your uh how God views you. Uh, and, and all of that um, us even as guys
1: God views us with the whole church as a corporate bride of Christ
0: and so I, I know it's easier for a young lady to imagine that than for us guys and it will take time for us to like wrap our head around it Um But this revelation of God-man relationship as bridegroom and bride, it is going to be a challenging paradigm. It's not just a concept. It's not an idea I'm throwing at you. It's not a theory. Um, It is truth. It is biblical. And it's a worldview. Worldview means all our thinking about ourselves and the world is framed by this way of thinking.
1: The church, the body of Christ, us as a bride, and Jesus is our bridegroom. When we look at the Bible, um, this paradigm of
0: bride and bridegroom kind of forms two bookends. The start in Genesis and the end in Revelation. In Revelation 19, 7-8, it says this, Let us rejoice and exalt and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready, meaning us. It was granted to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and pure, which is... For, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. So at the end of everything, at the end of time, there is a marriage supper of the Lamb. It's our wedding ceremony. We are betrothed to Christ. I mean, we are engaged with Christ, okay, in modern terms. Uh, we are engaged with Christ. We are betrothed to Him and we will marry the Lamb. And so we will um, eventually at the end of time, we will enter fully into this covenant of marriage and experience uh, a full uh, consummation or covenantal love of this covenantal love. So that's the goal: to be in love, to be totally, completely in love with Christ. Not not eros love. Okay, not uh erotic love, eros okay not eros love like like earthly marriage between man and woman uh so when i talk about uh bride and bridegroom us and christ don't think about it as uh an erotic love an eros love but a higher form of love which is agape love a love that is unwavering a love that is steadfast, that is powerful, that is unconditional. A love, the Bible says, is stronger than death, that will endure the grave for all eternity, right? So what we experience here on earth is really like a, a glimpse, uh, a, a down payment for what we will fully experience at the end of time, okay?
1: Um, so, uh. I'm going to uh just pause for a while and then uh cuz Joshua is home just going to pause for a while okay All right uh so uh, this idea of
0: covenantal love uh this idea of covenantal love between God and man firstly it is not uh a spontaneous plan, not an Okay, It is an eternal plan. That means it is a plan before the foundations of the world. Before the world was created, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they entered into a, an agreement or covenant with one another. Okay? So basically, Father God has a plan in mind. He will form mankind as a bride for his son.
1: So he's forming a bride that will enter into covenantal love with his son,
0: covenantal marriage with his son. Okay? And the thing is, because they know all things, they know men will fall into sin and men will choose their destructive end so there there is a talk about it they know about it there's a discussion a conversation that's going and the and god the son will execute the will of the father and he will give his life on the cross for his bride for his beloved and then 3 days later god the spirit will powerfully resurrect him from the dead and the god god the spirit will also bring to life the bride those who believe in Jesus Christ, right? And God the Spirit will sanctify, prepare the bride until her utmost desire, her her strongest cry within her is, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, my bridegroom, come, I'm
1: longing for you. Until his cry is, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the
0: cry that will bring Jesus the bridegroom back to the bride, and God the Son will come in His glory to marry the bride. So, before the foundation of the earth with the world, Father, Son, Holy Spirit came together, had a discussion, entered into this pre creation covenant, and then God brought forth creation okay it's not like oh no man fell you know and the sun says oh i'm starting to love mankind more you know it's not an afterthought it has been the plan for all eternity god's love has been for us for us toward us from all eternity past to all eternity
1: future and his plan, his love, his enduring love does not change
0: according to you know me falling in sin, uh me, you know, accidentally doing this and you know me doing that, being unfaithful in this. Yes, the Lord knows our, our weakness, the Lord knows where we fall and, and all that, but his love remains steadfast throughout all eternity
1: he knows you and he's preparing you to be his bride so today we're gonna look um
0: genesis yeah okay we're gonna actually jump in this passage um and uh, as we jump in i'm gonna introduce a bible study term okay it's called typology. Some of you already know this. Typology or typological symbolism. Basically, typology is, is a way of uh, looking at the Bible, a way of uh, interpreting the Bible that says God actually put uh, anticipations of Christ, anticipation of Jesus uh, and his coming and his death, his resurrection, you know, anticipations of that in the Old Testament law, in the events, in the historical events of the of the Bible, even in the people of the Bible. So, quick example: Abraham bringing Isaac up on the mountain to be sacrificed. It's a picture of Jesus carrying the cross up Calvary in obedience to the Father's will to be sacrificed for the salvation of mankind. Right. So, at uh, Abraham Isaac, this this story, uh, is a picture, is a. Typology is a shadow, a type of Jesus Christ, who is the true sacrificial lamb, okay? So right at the beginning, when we look at Genesis 2, 20 to 25, God gives us a picture of Christ and his bride through the creation of Adam and Eve, okay? Okay. So uh, we don't want to look at the entire uh, chapter that's for you to read, but we're going to just kind of
1: focus on these few verses. And let me just read it. The man gave names to all livestock and to the
0: birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh, and as man and his wife both uh, and, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed right? um the Bible often refers to Jesus as the second Adam. You see that in first Corinthians fifteen they will talk about The first Adam and the second Adam. And there is a typology here of Adam as a picture of Christ. So right from the beginning, you look at this through the lens of this is a picture of Jesus Christ. So God put this Adam to a deep sleep, just as God put the second Adam, Jesus Christ, into a deep sleep of death for a purpose right and just as the first Adam his side was pierced and out of his side came blood and water right the first Adam out of his side God took a rip the second Adam out of his side that was pierced came out blood and water now the father didn't take a rip out of the side of Jesus because he's not creating a brand new mankind. All he needed was two things. Number one, blood. Blood that redeemed mankind with forgiveness of sins. Second, water. What does water represent? Water in the Bible represents the word of God and the spirit of God. The word of God and the spirit of God that cleanses the bride. See, both elements, the blood and the water, is to make ready the church a bride for
1: himself. And in the case of 1st Adam, Father God fashioned the rib. He formed the rib, took
0: the rib, formed the rib into a mature woman. It does not say into a little girl or a little baby. And then the baby grew and no, no, no. Father God fashioned the rib into a mature woman, walked her down the aisle to the man and presented her to him. This is the first
1: wedding ceremony right there. Father God himself presenting the bride to the bridegroom. Only a mature woman, ability to procreate, okay, mature, mature, can rightfully become a bride it's a picture of the father doing this to us right now fashioning the rip, fashioning us the body of Christ maturing us into a mature bride ready for his son yeah and after this marriage
0: she will become fully one flesh with him again. (laughs) Okay, again, because she was from him. Okay, she will become fully one flesh with him again to consummation. Now, God is preparing a bride. It says here, a bride that is fit for him. Fit for him. That means they have been he he has been looking you know at the birds at the bees at the you know the the fish and, and the elephants and you know it's not it's, there is no animal right that is fit no creature that is fit for him and um and so God started to create a bride a woman that was fit for Adam just like how God is preparing us as a bride that is a fit for him the glorious one the holy one the righteous one the perfectly loving perfectly just one a bride that is fit
1: for him um you know uh (laughs) Uh, I think Andrew can attest to this, which
0: is um, you know when we were in youth ministry, and uh, in the times where we were leading youth ministry, and in and, and you look at the young people doing worship time, uh, a lot of times I don't know why I see them staring blankly into space, they're secretly checking their phones, they are. They're sick of the music because it's the song that's been sung over and over again. Basically, they're they're just distracted and bored, right? Their lips are singing, the hearts are far away. They're bored because um people are bored because they think they arrived. They think I know it, I know what you're about to teach, I know what you're about to say, I know what the next line of the song is. I I know it all. Like I'm done, I'm bored, right? And the thing is you, once you get bored, if you think you've arrived at knowing God, yeah, I know who God is. You know, I know the gospel. I can tell you uh, the gospel in like ten different ways, and and I know all about it. It's
1: done. Yeah, there's nothing new I can learn. You get bored. Now the thing is, God's preparing a bride. That's not bored.
0: <laughs> He's not bored. That 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 bride that God is preparing is not bored. This bride is earnestly looking forward, is lovesick, is
1: desiring um, her bridegroom. And so this bride is
0: never bored because he, this bride is constantly receiving
1: fresh revelation from the Holy Spirit. Because the bride understands this this
0: bridegroom is inf- infinite, infinite. His 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 wisdom, his greatness is unsearchable. And honestly, there are times where I'm in worship and I'm I'm singing the songs and I'm like Lord, okay, like I'm I get a little bit bored. It's the same song again. I get a little bit bored. But then I tell myself, Lord, you are infinite. You are infinite and your your greatness, your awesomeness is unsearchable. That means I've only touched the surface. That means it's like it's like someone going to the the beach and your toe touch the water and you say, Oh, I think I know what the ocean feels like. The ocean feels like wet and cold. Oh, I know the ocean. I know it. I know the whole ocean. (laughs) Because their toe touch the water at the
1: beach. And then they walk away. And that's really sad. Because they've never stepped
0: in and dive in. And once they dive in, their eyes open... To the depths. In fact, they cannot even see the end of the ocean. The, the 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 bed, the bottom of the ocean, right? And they cannot even imagine what is underneath. And so that's that's. I I I would love for that to be our approach towards God, that we say, God, you are so glorious. Your love is boundless you are so infinite
1: in your greatness and wisdom that I want more, God. I want more. And as you taste
0: it, then you make the pursuit and the discovery of God
1: your goal in your Christian life. Your goal in your your entire pursuit of things. Yeah. So when it says... Someone fit for him. Oh, what what does it look like? It looks like a bride who is passionately, devotedly, wholeheartedly in love. That, by the way, is called the greatest commandment. When Jesus says, this is the greatest commandment, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, or your soul or your mind he's saying I want a bride who's in love with me and and his
0: his request is not illogical if you've if you've been married if if you are married and you stand at the altar that is a legitimate Request. That is a reasonable
1: request to have a bride who is in love with you because you are in love with her in that way. And so if you're discipling people, if you've got mentees, you know, people that you're walking with, please make that your goal, their goal, to be brought to be a bride in love. Not, not to know a lot, not to be able to, you know, do a lot, but to be in love. When Adam looked at Eve, he was fascinated with her. How do I know this? When he looked at her, he
0: immediately... Uh you, you gotta put yourself right there. Put yourself right there. Look at the verse. The the Lord God made her into a woman, presented her to him. This is your uh first look, right? In in a marriage, like the man laid eyes on her, like whoa, and then the man said, At last. This is at last. At last means I've been searching for I don't know how long. At last, this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Immediately he 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 gives her a name. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. The excitement that is within he 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 looks at her, he examines her and he knows immediately she's different
1: from every other creation of God. And he was fascinated with this particular creation. And he exclaimed with all this,
0: right? So I want you to imagine the excitement because he he had been
1: searching for someone who was fit for him, but there was none. um this is kind of like the feeling is kind of like you know um boyfriend and
0: girlfriends you know you confess to your girlfriend for the first time and she reciprocates your love right it's like wow not just you desire her but she desires you and it's a heavenly feeling right so that's the that's the excitement That's the fascination. That's the kind of intimacy, the
1: joy of your salvation. That's what it's meant to be. And and so this picture of Adam and Eve, this picture of this excitement, this is Christ
0: excited over his bride and say, she has made
1: herself ready. She has made herself ready. Um, You know, I, I always think about, you know, like, God knows all things.
0: God already knows all things from beginning to end and, and all that. And But how can God be excited, you know? And uh and I read the story of the 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 Roman centurion with great faith, right? And the Bible says Jesus marveled at him. <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus Jesus you know we're we're called to look to Christ and that when he comes again they will marvel at him. But imagine this Jesus, the one who has seen everything from start to end, every person, he knows them by name everything he knows. He looks at this Roman centurion and he marvels at him. He marvels at this, the the mother of a demon-possessed daughter that answered, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off the master's table.
1: And Jesus cried out, great is your faith. Wow. Like Jesus marveled. You know, It's
0: it's the same as, you know, when I, when I look at Joshua, my son, you know, uh, I, I I know, I know, I basically know him inside out, but there are still things that I'm just, it just makes me marvel at him, (laughs) not just the, the, the stuff that he does, you know, but I'm, I marvel at his growth, his understanding, his weird logic (laughs) And, uh, and, and of course, I, I marvel and I, I'm deeply moved. When he comes home,
1: he hugs me and he tells me he missed me. You know? So I look forward to a day where the bride of Christ, us, marvels at God, fascinated, in love with him, just as he marvels at us. Fascinated with us, in love with us. So think about uh, helper, right? He says uh, that there is a helper that is fit for him. So how can we be a helper to God? You know, how can we?
0: we bride of christ how can we be a helper to him because does god need does god need help no he, he can do everything by himself but what is helper i mean if you think about helper uh boil down to its bottom line what's
1: the point of a helper a helper is one who satisfies our need our desire right can god need can God hunger or thirst? Does God have needs? No, God does not have needs. But Jesus said at the cross, "I thirst." I thirst. And and I
0: believe the 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 seven things that Jesus says at the cross are significant. I don't believe he he when he said, "I thirst." It just means I'm very thirsty for some water. Can someone give me some water? I, I believe he's expressing a desire. He's not just thirsting for physical water, but he says, I thirst, I desire. On this cross,
1: what I'm going through is because I thirst and I desire a people redeemed for God, a bride made ready. It's just in the same way, it's like when the Bible
0: says God created us as a royal priesthood to minister to Him. <laughs> like, How can we minister to a God who has no needs, right? But because His desire for us to to be one with us, His desire for fellowship, His desire for intimate communion, that's how we minister to Him. That's how we become a helper to Him. By satisfying that desire of his for a bride that is in communion, that is in fellowship with him. Uh, Ephesians 5 28 to 32 says, In the same way, husbands love your wives, uh, should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. And then Paul quotes this. This this scripture that we've been looking at, Paul quotes it. He says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to the to Christ and the church. It's a mystery, but it's a beautiful one now, when we look at this uh again uh this this part this later part of this passage, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one, okay very very powerful. Uh, passage for marriage because when it, when it in this context when it says leave his his father and his mother uh, now that's in the context of someone who who actually does have a father and mother and they are very close they are they are very emotionally close to their dad and mom right now for someone who's been raised by his uncle and auntie dad and mom have passed away. It would say therefore a man shall leave his uncle and auntie, or his grandpa and his grandma, right? And for a man, for a man who maybe has not grown up with all that, uh, he's the closest to his his uh, basketball friends, his basketball team that he grew up with all the years of his life, his rugby team, his you know sports team. You know, it would say this, therefore a man shall leave his basketball team and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Okay. What is this father and mother is basically saying any natural emotional dependency on everyone else, everyone else, uncles, aunties, grandpas, grandmas, best friends, colleagues and, and all that and become one emotionally dependent
1: in or interdependent on your wife to look to one another. That's marriage. It's the beauty of marriage. Right? Now, this, again, this is a picture of Christ in the church. We are called to be first emotionally and everything dependent on
0: Christ. Okay, Our marriage to Christ first is first and foremost. We are to be emotionally dependent on Him. Now, practically, how does that look like in a marriage? Because we are also called to be dependent on one another. Husband and wife, we are called to be dependent on one another. But we are in our marriage with Christ, it comes that comes first. Okay? So practically it looks like this. If you had a quarrel with your spouse, the first thing to do is you process your raw emotions with God first. You sit down with God. You cry before God. You say He said this and she said this, blah blah blah. I felt so hurt, And, and you process it with God first. Now, if you try to take your raw emotions and throw it at your spouse, um, you know, it could it could end up in really all kinds of ways, yeah. But we are called to be first. Emotionally dependent on Jesus, on Christ, on God, on the Father first. You process your emotions with Him first. And that can look like taking a few days, you know. Of course, give the other person a heads up, (laughs) but take some time to cry with God first.
1: And then, secondly, as you process, you listen and you heed his counsel. You listen and you heed his counsel. Now, most of the time, you know,
0: when I I get into a a disagreement or conflict with Amy, I process with God. (laughs) And uh, once I hit the second part, uh, most of the time, I don't need to uh resolve in the sense resolve the conflict with Amy. Why? Because the Lord points out to me it is my big fat ego that is causing the problem. <laughs> and then I go, oh Lord, yeah I see it. Yeah Lord oh and then I humble myself before him and 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 then when I approach Amy then I approach her with humility. And I share with her, maybe you know, a few days ago you actually said this, and I felt a little bit hurt. Uh, but I processed with the Lord and and I discovered it actually is my own pride. Yeah. That's why I reacted in that way. Yeah. And that, you know, when, when when you actually process with God first and you're emotionally dependent on Him first, you actually save yourself a lot of heartache yeah and of course the last thing is you you cultivate as you do this more and more with him processing your raw emotions with him first you cultivate you're cultivating an exclusive love for him first you're saying lord you're number one you're number one i come to you first i have a lot of things in my mind a lot of thoughts in my mind a lot of crazy uh, pent-up emotions and everything, and I just want to vent, and I want to look for my husband, my wife, and I want to vent, I want to just let it all out. And you say, no, I reserve this raw emotions, raw pent-up and all that, I reserve
1: it for you and me, God. It's like exclusivity for Him because He's first. And you process it with him. God's looking for a bride. The Father is looking for a bride for his son. And you are that bride. You and I, we are that bride. That bride
0: whom Jesus chose you choose your bride you choose the one you marry it take a long time to search some
1: longer than others <laughs> it take a long time to search and then as you found the bride you prepare yourself you the bride prepares herself
0: and then they come together and then they make that covenant with one another and then they come together as
1: one and god's god the father is looking a bride for his son a bride who makes herself ready that's us yeah i just want to just pray this first uh before i invite you guys
0: to share now your sharing could have nothing absolutely nothing to do with uh you know this bridal paradigm it could be something uh to do with your marriage or your relationship you know it could uh be something to do with your identity or something you know and that's okay that's okay that's that's why I didn't want to give you the theme of it first uh, I want you to, you know, just meditate and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. But I, I just want to pray into this for us first, and then I'll, i let
1: us, uh, the rest of us, share. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Father, first we want to catch your heart as Father, as a Father who. Loves his son. Who loves his son, Jesus Christ. Lord, your love for him is perfect. And therefore, you desire a bride for him That is that has prepared herself, made herself ready. And Father, you chose us.
0: You chose us in Him before the foundations of the world was created. You chose us. You chose us to be that bride. That at the end of time, we will come together in a wedding, in a
1: beautiful marriage, supper of the Lamb, and we will marry the bride. Lord, thank you. Thank you for choosing us. Jesus, we come to you You loved us and you love us with a love that is stronger than the grave. You love us so fiercely, so passionately,
0: so unrelentingly you love us such that
1: when we are unfaithful, you do not deny yourself. You remain faithful. Jesus, I thank you over and over, you redeem us. You redeem us to yourself and you
0: call us to come back, to come back into fellowship with you,
1: to come back into communion with you. And so today, Lord, we we choose to come into
0: an understanding, a realization, a revelation
1: of our identity. We are a bride of Christ. We are a bride for our Bridegroom King. Our Bridegroom King, you're coming for us. You're coming for us. You're
0: coming for us, Bridegroom King. Bridegroom King and God, you're coming for us. And I pray that when you come back, you will find a bride who is lovesick for you. Who is in love with you more than anyone else, anything
1: else? Who's crying out in her heart, Come, Lord Jesus, come. I choose you. I say yes to you. I want you. I desire you just as you desire us. Lord, I pray for a bride. That's heeded that's heeding the great com- the great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. So wholeheartedly and so passionately love God. Lord, I I realize this journey of experiencing your love, it takes time. It takes meditation upon meditation of your word, removing every boulder that hinders your the, the river of your love, removing every lie, misconception that we have about you and about ourselves. And so I pray with each session, God, help us to frame our mind, reframe our mind, conform our mind to your word so that we experience the reality of your love, God. Holy Spirit, I ask for you to switch on the light bulb, you know, for this revelation to click in our spirit. Right now, for everyone who is listening, I ask Holy Spirit, release this revelation. Release this revelation of us as a bride of Christ, a passionate, Love sick bride. Release this revelation into our hearts, God. Move upon us.
0: We cannot come into a revelation by our own deduction, by
1: our by the information we have. Holy Spirit, it comes from you. Comes from your revelation. Speak to our hearts. Fill us with Jesus' love for us. Fill us with the bridegroom's love and the bridegroom's longing for us, God. Help us sense his longing, his excitement in finding a helper that is fit for him. One who will satisfy his desire for communion for fellowship, for worship, for intimacy. Set our hearts on fire. Impart the fire of your passionate love in your eyes. Impart it to our hearts, God. Impart it to our hearts. How do we love a God we do not see with our
0: physical eyes? <laughs> we cannot touch with our hands. We cannot video chat with.
1: <laughs>
0: it's like doing a long-distance relationship without you know all of that.
1: <laughs> Where well, our five senses cannot interact with. How, how do we fall in love with a God? that our five senses cannot engage. There's a superior, there's a more powerful element, Is our spirit. And so Holy Spirit, I pray intertwine our spirit with your spirit, with the spirit of God. Intertwine
0: and let revelation flow, revelation of your love toward
1: us that would stir up and invoke a love for you. That by our spirit, that through our spirit, we will see you, we will hear you, we will know you, we will know your heart for us and your love toward us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you.